Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Mark this down. This Saturday, August 19th, 1-30-3, Live Love Memphis and Live Love DeSoto are hosting another first-time home buyer seminar at Shelby Farms Park. This is invaluable. If you're somebody that is thinking about buying, thinking about whether or not the time is right for you, they're going to go over all of it. The home buying process, what pitfalls to avoid, how much home you can afford, how to qualify for a mortgage, programs designed for first-time home buyers, everything you need to know, and it is free. All you have to do is register info at livelovememphis.com. They'll answer all those questions and more, and here's how you register. Simply send an email to this address, info at livelovememphis.com. Again, that address, info at livelovememphis.com. They're going to send you a registration link, and boom, you're in. As John said, it's free, and you're going to get all your questions answered. Most importantly, hey, I mean, how much can I afford? You know, How do I qualify for a mortgage? Again, uh, Jennifer Carstensen and her fantastic team, they specialize in helping first-time home buyers. So as John said, Invaluable resource here, certainly. You can call them up at 625-5200 if you got a home you'd like to sell. She did that for me. Also helped us find our dream home as well. She'll help you on both sides, the buying and the selling, best at what they do. And again, if you'd like to attend this seminar, send that email to info at livelovememphis.com. You'll get that registration link coming up on Saturday. It's the Live Love Memphis and Live Love DeSoto teams at the real estate agency every day around this time. I get on the grill, I pat up the burgers, I season them with respect. I said every day, it's every Monday. Uh, we'll do that now with Respect Burgers. Now, it's time for the Jason and John Show, Respect Burgers. Sizzling Respect Burgers, served hot and fresh from Jason and John. You've got to give a Respect Burger to Lucas Glover, who over the weekend wins the FESJC out of TPC Southwind in a playoff, but it's really the entire story, uh, some of which I've been alerted to by John Martin, especially the personal uh, battles that he's gone through, maybe necessarily right there in his home with his own wife. Uh, certainly a, a success story there, and the fact that it looks like you battled through some adversity in your personal life. And look what he's done over the last two weeks in addition to winning this week. He obviously won the Wyndham Championship last week. Uh, five top six finishes in the last six weeks for him. So it has been quite a hot run, and maybe he will. I mean, this is a, a, a guy now who, uh, with this streak, could go on at this point with this meteoric rise, John, become a household name. I suppose to some, the golf world, he already is. Uh, but more, more or less, it's what he did over the weekend. Again, battling extreme heat. All those golfers out there, I got to salute because that could not have been fun 
uh, the heat and humidity that was Memphis, Tennessee in August this week out of TPC Southwind. But again, all of them had to battle the elements. In this case, Mr. Glover comes out on top. And remember the story here over the last two weeks was outside the rankings. If he hadn't won Wyndham, wouldn't have been here. Then you come here and capitalize. We said you get that purse of $3.2 million. Made some history as well. I think John pointed this out. Fifth player in FedEx Cup playoff history to win a tournament at 40 or older. Uh, joined VJ, Steve Stricker, Tiger Woods, and Jim Furyk as far as that's concerned. And uh, he's the second oldest player to do it. Singh was 45 uh, when he captured the Barclays in Deutsche Bank Championship in 2008. So he made history out there as well. And again, great event. Uh, and Lucas Glover, certainly a worthy champion. Uh, coming in here as hot as he was. Nice rise for him. Moving on, uh, we talked quite a bit about the Americans and how proud they made us versus Spain. Just exhibition in their tune-up for uh, the FIBA Cup. Uh, but Jalen Brunson, you have to give him one because he was perfect. Connected on nine. Well, not perfect, and I'll get to that in a minute. But he was from the field, connected on all nine of his shot attempts and scored 16 of his 21 in the first half. Really helped the U.S. set the tone against a number one ranked Spain squad. But what I liked most was afterwards he's showing you the reason why Steve Kerr and that, you know, uh, you got Spolster, that staff, has sort of crowned him the leader of this role. It's not just what he does on the court in terms of controlling things, getting the team the bucket, winning, giving the team whatever they need at that time. It's what he said afterwards. The fact that, you know, the U.S. had blown a 10-point halftime lead allowed Spain to take the lead. Santi Aldama free throws put him back up. Jalen Brunson after the game. This is why you want him on your Olympic team next year. I, rather than talk about you know the nine shots he hit, me and perfect from the field, the 21 points he led the team with, this is what he said about the second half. I played terrible in the third quarter and wasn't ready to go from the jump. He took it all on his shoulders. Those are the guys you want to get behind. The fact that you've got a guy like that in this kind of competition, I think – Speaks well, speaks very hot for the for, for the U.S.'s chances of going ahead and winning the gold medal. Having guys that care like that or that are willing to take it upon their shoulders themselves, uh, those are the leaders to me, and I just can't say enough about I mean, Villanova guy, you know, you know, that came up the way you wanted him to, but the way he's just gone from what you thought would – maybe it's just a hot run with Dallas. Maybe we're just, you know, in a, at an opportune time going into a contract year. No, this dude is – is established leader in the NBA, and uh, I, I think they'd probably, you know, if you left him off of the Olympic team at this point with how big he's been for this one, I think it would be a mistake. That's even with if you got guys like Seth Curry that want to play uh, next year. I think you've got Jalen Brunson's established that you've got to have him on your on your on your team. Uh, moving on, another NBA guy, he's certainly not out there with Team USA, but he was here in Memphis over the weekend. John and I touched on this last week because you could see all the social media posts about Jason Tatum being back in town, uh, played around, or was out there at TPC Southwind, actually. But it's it's how much in Memphis he was that I'm giving him the respect burger was. We know a little bit about the history and Jason Tatum's stepfather's from Memphis, Brother Barnes, as I like to call him, and I think caddied for him out of TPC Southwind, but would come back summers, would come here summers and play uh, with Frank Harris's Memphis War Eagles. We know that part of the story. But it, he, what I like about Jason Tatum is he wasn't just here for the golf and for Southwind. He was in town, uh, went out to the Shelby County Memphis Pro-Am uh, a couple times to support the Lawsons who we played with with the War Eagles, but also saw it on Facebook. friend of mine, Marlon Tisdale, former local hooper, uh, who went on to, I believe, play with our man Contar Macklin in college. 
he he was a friend of mine on Facebook. He posts, and it's of his son walking up to Jason Tatum in somebody's somebody's house. I don't think it's Tisdale's house. It's a friend of his. Tatum's there in the corner, sitting at the kitchen table, and this kid walks up to him with you know all giddy, can barely stand next to him because he can't believe he's really in the shadows of this NBA superstar. And Tatum very calmly signs the autograph gives it over to him, takes the picture with him and everything else. My point is not just, hey, Jason Tatum takes a picture with a kid or a friend of mine's kid. It's the fact that he was in homes yeah. in Memphis. He was really, like, in Memphis. He was out here. And I just read he was out here in these Memphis streets. And I just respect that so much about dude. But I And obviously the fact that he would give uh, this kid the time of day that he's visiting homes in Memphis. I realize he's got Memphis ties and it makes some sense. But all guys ain't like that, man. Where when you're in town, you're really truly in town. And again, to go out and support the Lawsons and all those former guys that he used to play with, with where he is now, just says a lot about the type of dude that Jason Tatum is. And while you know I've got my doubts of whether you know this Celtics team will ever get over the hump as uh, get over the hump is currently constructed, uh, I will always root for, uh, for 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 Jason Tatum. There's no question about it. And then moving on, uh, but staying uh, kind of local. Um, because he certainly spent a great deal of his career here. Spent more years, as Jeffrey Wright pointed out this morning, spent more years here than he did with the Lakers. Pal Gasol, Respect. who was inducted into the Naismith Hall of Fame over the weekend, and I loved the induction ceremony. I loved the fact that he mentioned guys like Lorenzen Wright and Shane Battier. Uh, had a joke about, you know, when he first got here to Memphis, obviously the Grizzlies were in the uh, pyramid at that point. He asked, uh, hey, do, do do all NBA arenas, do we play in, are they all pyramids? You know, the, the joke there that was so unique that, you know, his first uh, NBA experience, he's playing in a pyramid downtown that is now a dang bass pro. It just shows you time comes at you fast. Um, but, yeah, it was the mentioning of those guys, Stromile Swift. You know, w- we talked about Powell last week. And I, how I've really, I use myself as the example, I've had to do a 180 and a sort of an about face on how I feel about him and his contributions to the Grizzlies. You cannot retire Mark Gasol and not have Pal Gasol, his brother's best tandem to ever play in the NBA in terms of brother tandem. You can't have one up there and not the other. And we realize Pal led to Mark and realize it didn't end all rosy with Pal wanting out of here and everything else. A lot of us back then, I, my, my thing was like I, I was calling him soft. Back, there. I just harped on it, man. You are so, you know. And Kobe, my, my thing was, Kobe made him tough. You know that that was always my. But but there was more to the story than just just that feeling, which was again only looking at. You know, it was so surface. Um, Powell was a stud with the Grizzlies. There was no question about it. And to me, I realize Allen Iverson played uh, three games here. Is now I'll never forget because Chris Harrington continues to remind us. But for me, it's the Grizzlies' first true Hall of Famer. Uh, and, and there's no way that he shouldn't be up there with his brother at some point. Uh, but appreciate Powell and his, comp, his comments about his time in Memphis. Again, you know, you, you won the championships and became an entirely different player once you got to L.A., but clearly uh, the Memphis is where the foundation was built. And as he said, he was part of the foundation that helped build the, you know, the connection here. Memphis had bigger years, obviously, with the core four. But in terms of establishing the fabric, Right, the connection between the city and this team from Vancouver, Pal Gasol, was right at the center of it. So I can't do anything but salute them. Right, amen. Those are the uh, those are the respect burgers for the week. I'm going to give a disrespect dog to Elon Musk first for like it's kind of it's odd, man. First and foremost, because like he just bought the the business of Twitter and then he sort of has changed it into 
something that's totally different, um, different name, different logo, all of that, and yet we're all still sort of on it. So it feels kind of odd, doesn't it? A little kinda, bit. Feels like he kind of stole it. I know he paid for it, but it kind of feels like he stole it. Um, he didn't, but that's how it feels. But I'm going to give him a real disrespect, dog, because we've we've heard so much, Jason, about this uh, this cage match between he and Mark Zuckerberg, you know, Meta of Meta, and uh, Mark Zuckerberg's ready to go. Dana White's saying it'll cost a hundred dollars to watch. He's got the charity set up and everything. Mm. And yesterday, Mark Zuckerberg called it off. Uh, said he's tired of waiting around for Elon Musk. Said he's not serious about the challenge and it's time to move on. I offered a real date. Dana White offered to make this a legit competition for charity. Uh, Elon won't confirm a date, then says he needs surgery. Now asks to do a practice round in my backyard instead. If if Elon ever wants to get serious about a real date and official event, he knows how to reach me. How are you going to get punked out by Mark Zuckerberg, bro? Because that's what happened. What's the age difference there? It's significant, I think. I mean, I think Musk is, is significantly older. Like you're calling out. But he's dude. much bigger, though. Elon is much bigger than that, that Big and old? Yeah. Compared to Zuckerberg? Elon Musk is 50 52. And Mark Zuckerberg is, not, is he even 40? 39. Yeah. Come on, man. Yeah. You don't win points for calling out an old man. But and I going, mean, come on and fight. I've been doing it. I'm tired of calling him out. Come on. I know I know. Musk is big and husky. That a man. He's 52 years old. We got that old man strength. It's an octagon fight. It wasn't a boxing match. It would have been a cage match, you know? I mean, you don't give Elon any chance there. I mean, I think Elon is the underdog. I'm with you. Because uh, of age alone, I would think. I mean, I would think Zuckerberg is in better shape Did from we, what I've seen of Elon's old pale skin. Mark Zuckerberg is, is in great shape. He's like, he does, like, he like has the octagon. Right. So, I'm, again, he of course he wants this. He wants to embarrass an old man who, yes, to, and you just want, you want to, you want to see Elon beat up because he ruined Twitter for you. Well, but see, but the, can maybe, you, maybe, yeah. That, that's what it is for you. You just want to see him get his comeuppance. Yeah. But come on, man. This is a young dude calling out a 52-year-old big husky dude. Right. Who probably probably isn't even like, yeah, do it, dude, can his hands and feet work together in terms of athletically? Elon Musk, you ever seen him do anything athletic? I haven't. Maybe he does. Maybe he skydives. I don't mm-hmm. know. He doesn't look particularly, uh, well, Cat quick. Right. Like that hand-eye coordination might be not be there. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what the uh, – it would have been fascinating to watch, though. I mean, I, I I don't know if the world needed it, but it would have been, you know, a nice spectacle probably just to see, you know, how damn stupid these guys look. He called it off today? L- last oh, yeah. night. Yeah, I won't miss it because I wasn't going to get it. Yeah. See him embarrass old – even on way about 270. I would say at least, yeah. I mean, it would not be it would not be pretty for unless you know it got really like down in the, uh, you know, down to the ground and it was you know. But but again, it, that's where the endurance comes into play, right? That's where the uh, stamina and, and stuff. And you're coming down on Elon for not for not doing it. Yeah, you're. This is well, wrong. I mean, you I, I don't remember what the order. I don't know what the order man. is though. I don't know if Elon called him out first. Like it, I think I want to say Elon made the overtures first. And uh, you know, made some jokes about Zuckerberg and everything like that. And and Zuck's like, let's go, let's let's fight. And he just he he don't he wants to practice. He wants to unserious man, unserious. Could have given a disrespect dog to the Tui family, but I struggle with that a little bit because right now it's just allegations in court. You know, that's who I thought you'd be. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. It's too early. I mean, I can't. You know, 
And I don't know if we'll ever know. I don't know if we'll ever get the full, um, you know, if it's a settlement or something like that. You know who's older but would give Zuckerberg a better fight? And this is not my idea. I think I saw it from, Tom from, MySpace. from TMZ. But Jeff Bezos is in incredible condition oh, yeah. at 59. And if you want to call out an old man that's in, you know. Yeah. Then call out one that's in shape. Yeah. You know, a rich old man, you want to call one out, call out, call out Bezos. Let's let's see that fight. Mm-hmm. I bet you old Jeff will whoop that boy. Meta, by the way, up uh, 0.4% today uh, in the wake of this uh, calling off. Of the Who fight. you got, Jeff Bezos, Zuckerberg? Go. 59 versus 39. I'm I just to looked go up his age. He's, he's in better shape. Yeah, he is, but but I got to go Elon with I mean, 20 is. year gap. I mean, I got to go with the young guy there. I mean, if it was 10, okay. Thir- 20. I mean, he's, he's a senior citizen. Jeff Bezos is a senior citizen. Dude, dude, he's built. Yeah, he is, but again, endurance, stamina. Like, Man, he'd get up under Zuckerberg's chin. The, the, I'm the, telling you that right now. Would you buy the fight? Is the question. And then he already owns him. I mean, what are we talking about here, Bezos? Right. Yeah, he owns Zuckerberg. Although although Meta is whew, this I don't know if you've seen what they've done this year. Um what uh would you would you spend a hundred dollars on the fight to watch it if it was like, you know, if Bezos. it was Bezos, I I spend I might spend about forty on it. Forty dollars. Yeah. But it's all going to charity, it's not going to them. Well, I wouldn't and I realize it is, but even when McDonald's asked me to round up, so you never do that? I say not today. Is Some, that is that sometimes because, I say not today? Oh, is that so? That's what I'm saying. I, I don't always is that give because you because don't trust charity. where the money is going? Oh no, no, I just okay. don't I'm do just, it every just, day. Sometimes, I, sometimes I got I got it like that. I went around, but I but I have said not today. Yeah, like I think it's a fair, uh, and it happens more and more. I, I think it happened at Taco Bell recently as well, where they asked me to round up oh, for damn, charity. Everybody's doing it, so I, I feel like everybody's jumping on. Why don't you donate to charity? And if I did that every time, then you know, I, I think, you're, I think then you're that, spending a lot more at the at your at the fast food place. Why don't you put it? Why don't you put it back on Taco Bell? A guy why, like why don't me is round up y'all's profits. I'm our, I'm there for the value. I'm trying to spend as little as possible. That's why I'm at McDonald's and exactly. Taco Bell. That's why I'm I'm visiting you guys because I'm there for the value. Can I buy? So I can't always give it some pet food without being made to feel guilty about not helping homeless pets, right? That is like the existential crisis. Like I want to be able to do things and, 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 and buy things where I don't have to feel, you know, especially made to feel guilty by a for-profit corporation. I don't, I don't mind that as much as I do because, again, it's for charity. There's still something there. I don't, someone's not getting over. I don't feel like. My issue is California. This is what's happening recently. And it's happened in Memphis, but it most recently happened to me there. We're at the Dave & Buster's. The woman at the front takes my money to get Chris's card, right? So whatever we spent to put the money on the card, whatever else. And on there, she asks, would you like to tip me? And I said, doing her job. She literally has done nothing except take my money. You're not, you didn't serve me at, 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 at for, you didn't bring me my, and we went on to have lunch there and everything else. She wasn't my server. She, I didn't get service. What I got from her was just a transaction, right? It was transactional. Why have we now added this 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 willing was that COVID because again we were like tip tip everybody tip help them out keep them in business. You don't add tip to a transaction like that right. where I've just paid to get Chris the dang play the, card. The, the, the tip culture in America has so gone we've gone off we've the gone overboard end. on what what we're asking for tips on now off the deep end. And I think we went where it changed was COVID when we were all in on you know overly tipping to try to keep businesses it, it, and restaurants exactly. employed. And so some of it came out. Uh, so we're going to take advantage of this and now ask, 
can I get a tip from you on just taking your money to come into the play to come in? Right. Like what are we talking about here? It's only like this in America. So so I have more my, back to your point. I have more of an issue with that where I'll say, you know, I got a problem with that as opposed to you continually want me to round up because at least in that, that instance it's going to charity. Exactly. It's just it's it's gone. It's, I'm, I'm, a, it's I'm I want to be I'm a good tipper. I want to tip the right people. I want to tip good service. Those kinds of things. But I, if you don't, I don't want if you, you don't adding buy all these new tip, avenues to get more money out of me. If you don't buy the transaction twenty percent now, no matter what your level of service was, you're just like viewed as a bad guy. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. But well, that it, was part of COVID. Too. And it's just like, come on, man. Like, it's, and it, and really, what tipping is is it's just the business passing down their cost to you and you smiling and paying it. Through the through through the guise of oh well think about the worker when we're just basically letting the business off the hook we're just like grinning bearing that the business gets around not actually having to pay their employees fair wages because we feel guilty that that's not happening so therefore we have to tip very well inflation I mean there y'all go yeah I mean I, it, look but it's like but, but we allow these companies to get away with it right and because we oblige. We, we pay their employee salaries because we oblige them in the tipping. Well, that's ass backwards. Tipping should be something that is, is, is a bonus, right? It's like you did such a great job today that I feel compelled to throw in a kickback. But it's not really like that, is it? It's not, it's not that at all. It's like part of the expense, you know? It's, yeah. like, it's like a tax as opposed to a tip. That's where, that's where it has, has, has gone. You know, because these companies don't want to pay their their employees. Like we we know waiters and waitresses make two bucks an hour. You know, so I'm always happy to tip people who have a smiling face, who are jolly, like who are great to be around, who give good vibes, like for sure. But not everybody does, and I still have to tip twenty percent just because I know you'll chase me out of the restaurant if I don't. So yeah, disrespect dog to the Dave and Buster's in Hollywood asking for tips when you're just giving out play cards. Yeah. Like we're just like zombies with it now. We just say, yep, yep, disrespect, yep, dog. yep, yep, yep. Maybe someday it'll change, but it uh, seems unlikely. All right, Jason Fitz is going to join us on the other side. We'll talk to him, uh, get his thoughts on the NFL preseason and more. Jason and John, I just trying to film. Yes. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. He is Jason Fitz. Joins us every single Monday here on the show. Follow him on Twitter at Jason Fitz. Anthony Richardson, Bryce Young, Will Levis. They all made their debuts over the weekend. C.J. Stroud earlier in the week, but the best of them all that no one is talking about is none other than Raiders quarterback Aiden O'Connell. Welcome to the show, Fitz. <laughs> I mean, I, so here's the thing. I talked to a couple of people around the team, and I was like, where's the hype level? And it's funny, you could ask three different people around the team, and I think you get three different answers on Aiden O'Connell, but certainly uh, the way he came out and looked like he understood what he was doing, like, that's the only thing we can look for from any of these rookie quarterbacks. Like when we're looking at Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, all these guys that we know are going to be great, I don't care if they can make these miraculous plays off schedule because that's going to come naturally anyway. It's an understanding of the offense. It's a quick processing. It's all those things. And, frankly, we did see a ton of that from Aiden O'Connell, who might be limited physically but is not limited mentally in his understanding of what he's trying to do. He looked great. So uh, a rare win uh, amongst all of this. Look, we're not going to be coming in here uh, very often this year talking about the Raiders, um, but I, I will ask you philosophically, Fitz, how do you – how does – I know it's one preseason performance against like the second and third team, but, man, the dude looked great. So how do you sort of figure out, okay, do we actually have potentially a quarterback of the future here with the way that he just delivered – you know, throws with pressure in his face, tight windows, things like that, while also knowing that Caleb Williams is there, you know, if you're bad enough to be number one or Drake May if you're number two or number three, depending on how it all shakes out. Like, how do you navigate that? Do you just do you draft that guy, even though you might think you have Aiden O'Connell who could be the future? Like, just what's the, you know, what's the right way to handle that? Well, look, um, let me say loudly, Arizona's going to be the worst team in the NFL, mm-hmm. I believe, and it won't even be close the Cardinals would have to have an abject disaster to not get the first overall pick in the draft. And because they also own Houston's first pick, they can end up with first, second, first, third, first, fourth. They can have some good picks out of the top. I don't think anybody can outsuck Arizona this year. So knowing that, I think, especially as a team, you can't even look at it tanking as an option. So what you got to do is look at growth as everything. And the nice thing for these coaches, and what we forget sometimes is that they see so much in practice, like so much in practice. They have such a better idea who a player is than we ever do. So you want to see him do it in the game. But if you're, if you're the Raiders, for example, you're not looking around and saying, man, is Aiden O'Connell the future? You're looking around and saying, how's everybody else? Can I get the rest of this roster up to par? And if it happens to be that over the course of the, the season, you find out in practice that you got your guy for the future, that's winning the lottery, but you can't bank on that. What did you think? I mean, did you see Bryce Young? I'm sure you did taking those shots from that Jet defense. And my question, Fitzy, is he is he going to be able to last at that size? Is he going to hold up through 17 games? I saw I saw Justin Fields, you know, take a beating, and he's done it now for the first couple of years of his career. He's a big dude. Bryce Young is not that. Is he going to be able to hold up? Yeah, I think your your question is the biggest reason that there was question around him, right? And seeing him get beat up that much in a preseason game. 
I mean, that's pretty – because, you you know, when you start talking about preseason, I know starters aren't playing, but when you start talking about preseason, you're not sending exotic defensive looks. So, for him to get that beat up is just a reminder that he's going to get that beat up all year long. I, this is not like – if I'm a fantasy football player – uh, whoever ends up shaking out as the n- number two uh, quarterback for, for Carolina, if I need a quarterback, I'm taking him. Because I don't think there's any way Bryce Young can take the pounding he's going to have to take this season at all. Uh, in terms of the uh, – let's just sort of go down the list here. Anthony Richardson, uh, who you know Titans fans are going to have to get to know here, um, he, he sort of showed the experience, right? He had that awful pick, and then he had a couple of, of dimes uh, in the same you know in the same quarter. Um, is that is that going to be Anthony Richardson's rookie year where he just has these great, brilliant moments and also these just head-scratchingly dumb moments? Like, is that what you expect from him? Yes, all year long. That is exactly what I expect. Here's the hardest part about that. You can't not – Anthony Richardson cannot get better on the sidelines because the one thing he doesn't have is game experience. So you have to live through that. Like, the culture is just going to have to put him out there and live and die by it, and they're going to have to accept the turnovers – and the bad decisions, and hope that it grows over time because he has to be on the field. I, I don't think we're going to be able to judge Anthony Richardson, not this year, not the year after. I think it's going to take two solid years of reps to find out who he is as a quarterback. And if you're the Colts, you just got to suck it up and take it because he won't get any better until he gets those reps because of his limited college experience. What did you think of the guys that we saw against the Chicago Bears that will be, well, and maybe one of them will be behind Ryan Tannehill by the time the season starts. Maybe you're putting Malik Willis and, you know, featuring him, hoping to trade him at this point so Will's not looking over his shoulder. But what did you think of what we saw of those two guys against the Bears? Look, I think Malik Willis, by the way, is getting better, right? And, and I know that doesn't help the Titans. I think he's getting better. And I talked to a couple of guys that cover the team, uh, and they said you could see the difference coming in this year. Like, Malik was a, a different quarterback. I, He's getting better. What Will Levis did at the end of that game, as much as we want to laugh about it in social media, made a big deal about throwing into quadruple coverage. It just, I, I would challenge anybody, go back. You can go back and watch. I think it was the Arkansas game and the Vanderbilt game last year. Go back and watch those two games for Kentucky football. What Will Levis did right there is what he did That's throughout exactly the course right. of the season. Yep. He makes bad decisions in key moments when he doesn't have to. And that's just – that that's the hardest part for Will Levis is he's got to fix that part of his game. And just like I said, you know, I think that Anthony Richardson needs experience. I think Will Levis needs coaching and experience, and he's not going to get either this year. Like, I just I, – I, I don't think the Titans have their future quarterback. I think Ryan Tannehill is going to play well enough to continue to, to yep. remind the rest of the league he's just good enough. And Will Levis isn't going to get better sitting on the bench. So, I wouldn't – I don't think the Titans are going to see anything this year – that takes him out of a quarterback conversation next year. Yeah, and, and so with that being said, I mean, we know there's not really a battle for the for the meantime in between time. I mean, with Hopkins, and again, we didn't see him, but the 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 probabilities that this division can be tighter than maybe some expect is that real, or is, is that more of a fantasy, and that we're just sort of holding on to a you know a flame that's dying out here? No, I, I think it's. Absolutely real. Like, they have a great – the Titans can be a very competitive team. I have absolutely zero doubt of any of that this year. I mean, I I think that we've just accepted the narrative that Ryan Tannehill is not any good, and that's just wrong. Like, he's not great. He's not, you know, sitting here being Mahomes or Josh Allen, but he's good enough to win you a bunch of football games, you know, and just look at – you know, we'll go back to the Raiders thing for a second. Look at the way the Raiders organization talks about having Derek Carr. Then look at the way everybody talks about him going into the weekend with the Saints. Oh, my God, the Saints finally have a quarterback because they have Derek Carr. Somebody's going to talk that way about Ryan Tannehill in a year. Like, he's still good enough to win you a bunch of football games. So, 
I think the, the Titans are going to be very competitive. I, I think they have a shot at, at winning their division, depending on how the Jags. If the Jags take any step back, the Titans will be right there. They'll win that division. No, I'm, I'm with you, and, and I, and I got to tip my cap to you. You were the guy that started to uh, at least planted the seed with me that this Sean Payton, Russell Wilson thing ain't going to go as well as you think, Jason. And then based on what we saw from Russell Wilson, it looked like a guy who maybe is not going to be able to be rewired uh, by Sean. You saw him out there. I don't think what it ended up being four series. I don't know. I, the more I bring you on, the more I think you're probably going to end up being right. Maybe uh, Is there a possibility the Broncos are the last place team in the West, or, or are you guys going to take that mantle? No, 100% the Broncos are the last team in okay. the West. And Russell Wilson's 100% cooked. And, and this thing, you can have the best chef in the world in a restaurant. And even if you have the best chef in the world in the restaurant, if all your ingredients are already overcooked, they ain't going to be do, able to do anything. Like, I just, at this point, you know, Russell Wilson is overcooked steak and you're going to the nice steakhouse in town and you think the chef's going to save it. He's not like I, I, the Broncos and the fact that he played four series. I mean, in the first preseason game tells you that Sean Payton knows there's still things to see. So yeah, I, I think the, the, the Broncos are set up to be an abject disaster this year. And the crazy thing is that as they get through that disaster, then they're going to have to sell everybody on a rebuild. Like, the, the Broncos, by this time next year, are going to be in year one of a two- or three-year rebuild. I don't think they're going to be a competitive team under Sean Payton for at least three years. I'm, I'm, when you combine that with touching back on something you and John were touching on earlier, I just don't think the Raiders are going to be bad enough to be in that kind of contention where you're talking about where you're talking about tanking. Like there's there's too much there's too much talent there, and there's a good chance. I think the Broncos bring up the the tail end. I just I, I'm I'm trying to tell my partner, man, just get just settle on in, buddy, because I don't think there's going to be a an issue where you're looking at drafting Caleb. No, I think the Raiders are realistically one of those teams uh, in the, in the West and in, in, in the AFC. I think seven wins, six seven wins is yep. probably pretty likely for them. And you know the the other thing too that is interesting because. Certainly against the 49ers, they showed a lot defensively. But in practice over the couple of days leading up, they showed even more with their starters. So the defense is a lot better than it's been for a minute. And that's not going to beat Mahomes night in and night out. It's not going to beat Joe Burrow night in and night out. The problem is we got to understand that it's not great or suck in the AFC this year. There's going to be a ton of great teams, and there's going to be a handful of really bad teams. Then you're going to have a bunch of teams stuck in that 7-8 win range that are just trying to find their way, sneak their way into the playoffs. I think this is going to be one of those maddening years where a lot of teams stuck in the middle end up with two or three plays that made the difference between going to the playoffs and sitting at home and watching. We're talking to Jason Fitz, joining us every single Monday here on the show. Uh, I want to get your perspective on this to the extent that you're, you know, whatever you're comfortable with, but ESPN bet. Um, they're they're entering the space of of the sports books, uh, and they're attempting to take down the market share, as we know of FanDuel and DraftKings specifically. Um, do you think they can? Do you think they have the right uh, partner, and they are the right partner, and the and and that ESPN's brand is sort of big enough to chip into that sort of on its own? Like just as someone that's been there and you know the ins and outs, do you think they have the sort of chutzpah and the wherewithal to to make that happen? The hardest, uh, probably not the way most of us think. I think here's the thing ESPN's up against, and this is the same stuff that I said to the bosses when I worked there. Uh, hardcore, diehard gamblers are not going to ESPN for their content. They go elsewhere. Uh, like guys that, and girls that just don't really care about gambling tune out because they don't want to hear that stuff. There's this weird middle ground, and ESPN is stuck in a lot of it. Plus, just the, the perception 
that they're going to have to deal with it every turn, and they're going to have to be very careful of, you know, if Woj knows somebody is or isn't playing, what does that do to gambling lines, and how are they going to handle that, and uh, how are they making sure that information goes out in a way that uh, does the right thing for their partners and all of these things. I, I think the gambling space is something that they were very cautious, I know, to get into as someone that, you know, for, for almost four years I've heard, we're on the verge of this huge gambling deal, and they finally got it done. So I think there's a lot of praise to the fact that they got it done, and there's a lot that can come from it. But at the end of the day, I just don't know. When people think ESPN, uh, right or wrong, they think game rights, right? They think highlight packages. Are they going to start thinking gambling information? I don't know. And, and, and I think that's what's going to always be a little difficult for them is that ESPN, at the end of the day, is still owned by Disney and still cares a lot about perception and doing things a certain way that is always above board, right? Like, and I just right. think in gambling, in the gambling world, you win when you're willing to lose in front of everybody. And you're, you win when you're willing to be an idiot. You win when you're willing to, like Barstool and McAfee are both, made a lot of money, you know, being transparent about the wins and losses. And Pat will certainly bring that to ESPN. There is no question about that. But the company as a whole, to succeed uh, the way Penn wants them to succeed, they're going to need a lot of Pat's, and that's never been the way that they've done business. So I I think it would take – a huge shift for that to be what people think it could be. Well, look, I think I think it. Uh, I think there are some ways it can be successful. Um, I, uh, if I were advising, I would say like, you know, if you in certain in certain states, you know, you can do the casino, right? So like, uh, come up with some Disney, you know, IP, you know, slots or something like that, or uh, you know, you you give, you know, so like Fanatics has a book where they have, you know, you get uh, points to the to the shop, like. If you integrate some promotional stuff, you know, on top of it, yes. But like, I, I think the 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 mistake that you would make if you indeed do this is thinking that oh, ESPN in and of itself is a big enough name to carry us. We are going to enter, you know, phones the way we entered homes, you know, thirty years ago. That will lead to a to an untimely demise. Yeah, it, it's it's going to be interesting because. The other angle that we have to remember is right now, when you're not affiliated with a gambling partner, if you're wrong about a game, you were wrong about a game. If you're affiliated with a gambling partner and you're wrong about a game, it carries a lot more heat, right? Like, so it's just another element. Like, everything changed for ESPN quickly with that deal. No doubt. What I don't, what I don't know is, will the expectations be that ESPN is ESPN and you can have a little fun gambling in it, or that ESPN is supposed to help you be part of a gambling process and ESPN is going to be a big helpful part of an entire Disney arm. Like I, we, we just don't know that yet. And, and even at that end, I just, it feels like that is a long, long reach from where they've been philosophically. So like, I'm less interested in like the, like the game piece of it, but like, I, I will say when it comes to markets that are influenced, like the, where the price is influenced exclusively by information, AKA draft markets, and the the you know a guy you know we don't even have to use any names but a, but a guy puts like puts out a, 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 a you know a, a tidbit that he knows is going to move the market it may it may sort of be true it may be half true whatever that his buddies aren't you know going to take it you know what I'm saying like I don't know mm-hmm. like that's that's the part where it gets like like if Woj you know I, I would never accuse Woj of doing this but but two years ago Woj had the draft order wrong. Two years ago, Woj had Jabari Smith going number one overall to Orlando, um, and and of the, on the same on the morning of, and then as we know, by the end of the day, it was Paolo Bancaro. So that that's just the stuff that like 
that's where I'll actually listen. You know, when you can when you can influence as an employee markets that are only informed by information. And that's where it gets a little bit complicated. Yeah, and, and you know, think about this year. Uh, you know, one of our radio hosts, Mac Jones, that works in Kentucky all the time, was convinced that Will Levis would be the first overall pick in the draft, maybe second overall pick in the draft. And even the day before radio, he was screaming on it, and the, the lines were moving. That didn't happen. I mean, I think there's going to have to be a lot of transparency, and, and I'm not sure anybody's figured out what that looks like because certainly in a cynical world, there are going to be plenty of people that are cynical about – who's making money when reports are coming out and who's not, you know, that's just per- perception is reality for so many people, right? Like, so how do you convince the world that everything's on the up and up when we have a draft shocker and there's a bunch of money that changes hands? Like uh, there, there, there are questions that I haven't heard answered yet about how much transparency will have to be for the talent on air and what they're allowed to gamble on. And, and what anybody like, how does that all play into it too? I, I don't know the answer to it. Uh School us, Fitzy. Bigger power couple. Is it Tim McGraw and Faith Hill or Keith Urban and Nicole Kidman? Oh, um. School us. I, th- I think it's, I think it's Nicole because Nicole, you know, Keith and Nicole still have that, that level of, of next level of everything, right? Like mm-hmm. they're always everywhere. Uh, but I will tell you the, the coolest thing uh, in the world of Keith and Nicole, a quick story. When we were out on tour with Keith uh, at the end of his show before the encore, he walks backstage um, to a little area right behind his bus and he calls Nicole, or at least at the time he did. It's been a few years, maybe he doesn't anymore, but at the time, uh, knowing that he's battled addiction and that one of his biggest trigger spots is right after the show, he would just stand on the back of the stage and talk to Nicole until he was ready to play the encore. And uh, while he played the encore, uh, the bus would back up to the back, uh, back door of the stage and the minute he walked off stage, he'd walk straight on the bus, and the bus would take him out of there. And it's funny. I was sitting backstage one day in the arena we were in, and one of the employees made some sort of implication that Keith was a jerk for immediately, as they call it, elvising out of the building right after the show. And I said to that person, I was like, hey, what, you, what you're not factoring wow. in is that when you're an addict, you have to understand your situation, yep. and you have to understand where you can't be. And it's Nicole who, by the way, when you see those bodyguards around Keith, at least when I was out with them, they were paid by Nicole, only worked for Nicole, and their job was to report to Nicole anything they saw. So, wow. you know, Keith, Keith took his sobriety seriously, and it was absolutely, after a bunch of failed attempts, it was Nicole that really figured out how to get him on the straight and narrow. So a lot of credit to that. Also, one of the nicest human beings I've ever toured with. How about that? Jason Fitz, you are one of the nicest human beings. We appreciate your time every week, Thank man. you so much, Thank brother. Thank you. Appreciate you, guys. Yep. He is Jason Fitz. Catch him every Monday here on the show. Good thoughts from him, uh, as always. Hey, you are looking for something for your kids to do. I know it because I, too, am looking for my kids to do things. Like, I was just part of it when you're a parent. Your job is to entertain, and you're on that endless quest, that conquest. Like, you, I mean, you went far and wide. You went out all the way out to California just to entertain CJ. It's just the links that we go to as parents. It's true. Uh, is, it's truly remarkable. But the good news for you is that there's something right here in the Memphis area that they're going to love that you can take them to, get a membership, and that's Shoot360. Same technology that Steph and Clay use. That's right. You can point to them on TV and say, hey, you do the same thing they do. Shooting drills, passing drills. 
uh, ball handling drills, everything that you can imagine is right there for you at 85 Market Center Drive in Carnival. They're going to love it, and you're going to love that they love it. Get over there today. Yep. Uh, role of the parent also to teach. And in this case, your kid's getting entertained and learning. And in this case, it's the uh, technology. Uh, the coaches they've got out there at Chew360 that are doing the teaching. And, again, the interactive video boards they've got out there, you're going to be able to mimic what you're seeing on those video boards, get real-time feedback on your game. It's not just the shot they can fix or get uh, perfected. It is the ball handling. It's the passing. It's your entire game getting fixed out at Shoot 360 or developed just in time for the school season that's coming up. We like to call it the future basketball training. Uh, thing is, the future is now out at Shoot 360. Go see them at 85 Market Center Drive in Cairo. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 